Good evening, church. How's everybody doing this evening? Oh, just okay. No, I hope you're doing all right. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm happy to bring up the rear uh, for 2022 as far as our Sunday evening speakers next week. Uh, Blake will have a, a message during our short devotional, but uh, I'm just so glad to be up here. As you probably remember, I'm usually not speaking up here. Usually I'm the one waving my arms and attempting to sing, so thank you for letting me come up here. Uh, and um, one of the things that Blake and I have discovered recently over the last few months, as you can imagine, our plates have gotten a little bit fuller. Uh, we've had a few more responsibilities than usual. Blake uh, handed me this cool little resource right here, and we took a look at it, uh, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a little chuckle on the title. Can everybody read that? Yeah, some of, Somebody said yes, thank you. All right, for those of you who can't read it, this uh, little booklet is, called, is for a preacher. It's a preacher resource called Suggestions on Conducting Funerals and How to Immerse. And I thought if there is not a more Church of Christ resource out there, there it is right there. All right, just in case you're a young preacher starting out and you don't really know what to say this this funeral and you're getting some ideas together and you've got it and so you go to the funeral and you're speaking and you're preaching and your uh, speech at this funeral is so moving that somebody answers the gospel call right there and you need to know how to immerse. There it is. I love it. It, it is so essentially Church of Christ. But at the same time, it is so essentially what the gospel is about. And we know this. And for those of you who don't know where I'm going with this, uh, immersion is a very, very important part of our faith tradition. It's a very, very important, important part of the New Testament. Uh, you see, most of you uh, should be aware that immersion uh, marks uh, our entrance into the family of God, uh, marks our entrance into salvation. But what you might not be aware of is that immersion for a very long time was all of the gospel. Everybody remember our five-finger rule right here? Hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. A very essential thing to pass on. But think about the early church for a minute, specifically those first few centuries before we had our Bible. We didn't have uh, arguments about what was better, New King, uh, King James or ESV. We, we didn't even have text to look at. We just had to go to our church leaders. We had to go to uh, those that were teaching us and preaching us, and we had to do our best to remember. Think about how the early church was set up back then. This church was a small little movement across socioeconomic lines, language lines, lots of different spectrum where they had a hard time remembering this gospel without the Bible. And one of the ways that they taught and they reintroduced and they got the messages, the essential doctrines of the Bible across was through immersion. You may have heard this before. This may be a new concept for you, but I would like us, uh, because I'm a youth minister and I like us to be pretty involved and try to check for understanding as we're going along, I'm going to have a little bit of audience participation tonight, so I hope that's okay. Don't worry. You won't have to get up and sing Father Abraham or anything like that, but I would like uh, you to join me in my message tonight. 
You see, the early church relied on baptism for some essential doctrines the same way we can look to the Bible. The passage we're going to focus on tonight is from Ephesians 4. So if you uh, have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Ephesians chapter 4. Most of you should recognize that this passage is about church unity. Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus and he's talking about how that we can remain, though we might have some Gentile friends over here and we are Jewish, or we might have some rich friends over here and we're very poor or we might be on opposite ends of the political spectrum. How do we maintain this unity? And Paul reminds, even though there's so many things that might separate us, we have some unifying ideas that are still true thousands of years later. Ephesians 4, starting in verse 4, says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Well, Luke, that's a lot of ones, and that's a lot of alls, and that's, that's kind of confusing. That's kind of hard for me to remember. But I want to encourage you to find a way to remember this passage, because in this passage, in these few verses right here, we've got everything we need to know about our faith. And we've got everything we need to know about sharing our faith. It's the time of the year. We're probably going to be in some different situations than normal. We're probably going to see some people that we haven't seen in a while. And, and hopefully uh, the Spirit convicts us a little bit. Maybe if we come into contact with somebody who's not a Christian, we try to give them a chance. We try to share that faith that we believe in. We try to offer them the truths that we hold true. And as we are called to be prepared at all times, sometimes we get a little nervous. Sometimes we're not exactly sure what are those truths. What exactly is it that we need to share? Well, I'm going to encourage you. This verse, and as the early Christians uh, believed and Christians have for hundreds of years, baptism, they give us these essential truths. So we're going to look at them tonight, and I'm going to try to help you uh, remember these concepts tonight. So the first one, hopefully we all can agree on, is there is one Lord. Everybody, give me a thumbs up. Yep, that's right. Thumbs up. Everybody say, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. That's right. Thank you. You can put your thumb down. Our thumbs up in our culture is, yeah, this is good. Yes, I'm on board. Yes, this is first and foremost. And this is the first and foremost belief that we can share. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Do you think about where we might hear this or see this in baptism? It's usually the confession we give right before. Do you believe Jesus is Christ? Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? And so baptism would be used to get this point across. Uh, obviously, there's far more than just three verses, but I just peppered a few verses for each one of these up here. Romans 10, 9, If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Philippians 2.11 reminds us, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's right. So our first finger of our new five-finger rule is going to be, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So with each one, we're going to review. So everybody give me one more thumbs up. Let's say it together. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Amen. All right, we get to number two. One God and one Father of all is what Paul calls this. And we're going to say, I believe in God, who is the Father 
the Son, and the Holy Spirit. When you look at your finger, most of us have three knuckles or three different segments on your finger right here, and that perfectly encapsulate this complicated uh, doctrine that we have understood for hundreds of years called the Trinity. So we are going to remind ourselves, first finger, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Second finger, I believe in God, who is Father and the Son, and you're going to point to each knuckle or each segment, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody hold up your finger and let's try that together. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very good. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in my name? No. Baptizing them only in the Father? No. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As Paul's concluding his letter to 2 Corinthians, the grace of Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Peter starts his, uh, his letter in 1 Peter 1. He says, To those who reside as strangers scattered through Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. See, the early church, it was a no-brainer for them. God was in their lives, and God existed as the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You couldn't reject one and just have some of them. You had to have them all. And as followers of Christ, we know this and we proclaim this, even though it can be a little bit complicated at times. So let's try uh, our two uh, that we've done together. Everybody thumbs up. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Excellent. Thank you so much. Our third one is one faith. I believe Jesus died and was buried and was raised. You're going to give me a peace sign, ultimate sign of peace. I believe Jesus died, came down, was buried, and was raised right here. Such an essential part of our faith and probably one of the hardest parts to believe for somebody who's a non-believer for somebody who's a naturalist who can only believe in what comes in front of them and doesn't believe in miracles but this is the crux of our faith this is what gives us the hope that someday if we die there's more to come after that 1 Corinthians 15, now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the gospel for which I preach to you, which you have received, in which you also stand, by which you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I handed down to you as of first importance, so this is a great teaching Paul's handing down, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to scriptures. This is a vital and important part of what we believe. And while it may be a difficult pill for some to swallow, once we get past that, we understand the hope and the wonderful grace we get to experience as Christians. All right, let's do all three together. Thumbs up. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died was buried, and was raised. Excellent. Y'all are doing great. A plus for all of you. Our next one is one body. I believe the church is the body 
of Christ. All right, our next finger up, our ring finger. What does our ring finger signify in America? Yeah, it's, it's our, our wedding finger. It's our, it's our marriage finger, our ring finger, all right? When we put a ring on this finger, who we are changes drastically. This may be a little bit less true for women, but men who are married in here, are you the same person you are right now before you were married? Absolutely not. Yeah, my bathroom got way cleaner after I got married, that's for sure. My wife would not allow me to have such a dirty bathroom. Yeah, we we change when we get married. We are part of a new family. And when we are baptized, we go into the water a sinner that is alone, and we come out of the water a new family member, part of this body of Christ. So as we get to our fourth finger, we're going to touch it, and we're going to remember, I believe the church is the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though there are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit." And, and it didn't stop after body. Did you notice that? It's not, I believe the church is a body. Okay, we should try to work together and try to be friendly with each other and, you know, try to get along and not be mean to each other. No, no, no. Whose body are we? The body of Christ. The same way Christ walked this earth, forgave sins, healed people, went out of his way to be the kindness, to be the light, to be the spark in people's life. That's what we are Now, that is what we are called to do. Galatians 3, for all of you are sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Jesus. So that's our fourth truth that we have. So let's try to go through all four together. Thumbs up. I believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died, was buried, and was raised. And I believe the church is the body of Christ. Our fifth one, one baptism. I believe sins are forgiven in Christ. Acts 2.38 reminds us, Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.21, He made him who had no sin to be sin on our behalf so, the, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Well, Luke, pinky sins, what's that got to do with anything? I don't know about you, but I grew up with a brother. And as such, uh, there was a lot of wrestling in my house growing up. My wife, Caroline, has two sisters. She doesn't really understand this concept of wrestling. So uh, when my daughter was born, I said, okay, you know, I was, I, I was hoping for uh, uh, my first child to be a son, but that's all right. I'll be the older brother to my daughter, and I'll, I'll toughen her up. And, I'll, and so Caroline's version of playing with Abigail is very different than my version of playing with Abigail. On a Friday night, if you were to pop into the Burnham household, you'll typically walk into the living room, and you'll see uh, that there is an air mattress 
mattress inflated in the living room. And you might think, oh, Luke has some guests over. No, Luke needed a wrestling mat so we can have an old-fashioned wrestling bout that we have in our family. So Abigail and I will wrestle around, we'll struggle around. Uh, Sometimes we'll take the fight to mom. And uh, Caroline is not having any of that. And so her trick to immediately get out of this is I'm coming in for a tackle. All she does is reach out, grab that pinky, barely pulls it back, and oh baby, I'm on the floor crying every single time. Have y'all seen those people that can like take their hands and like bend their fingers back and touch? Now half of y'all are going to practice that for the rest of the sermon. Yeah, some people can do that. I cannot. My pinky is the weakest part of probably my whole body. All right, it is weakness. Well, what happens when sin enters our life? It doesn't matter How much Bible you know, it doesn't matter how good you try to be, it doesn't matter the opinion of other people. When there is sin in your life, you are weak and you are separated from God. And there is nothing we as humans can do to achieve our own salvation. But instead, we have to turn to God and we have to ask for his grace and ask for his mercy and we have to cleanse ourselves in that blood for us to be cleansed, and for us to receive that grace. That's the only way we can be strong, is by recognizing that we are weak in our sins. And so that's what our pinky represents. Let's go through. Let's go through five. Thumbs up. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died, was raised, buried, and was raised. I believe the church is the body of Christ, and I believe sins are forgiven in Christ. Luke, we've got two more ones, but you said this was the five-finger rule. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I've I've thought that out. And when I say I thought that out, let me uh, give all credit. Uh, A lot of this uh, was research that was done by Dr. Scott Adair, who is a professor at Harding, uh, and who has worked on this as a way of, uh, for young people specifically, to have ways to remember the essentials of their faith and be able to spread this easily. We get to number six, one spirit. I believe God gives his Holy Spirit at baptism. 1 Corinthians 12, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Galatians 5, through 26, hopefully you've heard this one before, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let's follow the Spirit as well. Let's not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. I believe God gives his Holy Spirit when you are baptized. So you've got your five fingers you went through. You just remembered uh, that uh, we have sins. Then you're going to take your whole hand. You're going to put it out like this. It's the holiday season. We're going to receive a gift. I believe God gives his Holy Spirit. Very good. Let's try that all together. Thumbs up. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Some of you have it memorized. Good. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died, was buried, and was raised. I believe the church is the body of Christ. 
I believe sins are forgiven in Christ, and I believe God gives his Holy Spirit. Our last one this evening, one hope. I believe the dead in Christ will be raised. 1 Thessalonians 4 reminds us, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as indeed the rest of mankind do who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead, so also God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep through Jesus. For we say this to you by the word of the Lord, that those who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who remain, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. The early church knew that there was a hope. They didn't know when it was coming, and we can read that in their, in their writings. Some of them thought it was just around the corner. Some of them thought it was far off. But we have this one hope that means there is so much more to this life. Which reminds us that we don't just do the things on this earth because right now we're focused on ourselves and because we're only focused on what we can do before we die. We have an eternal mindset. We have a hopeful mindset. And so I hope that you, get it? I hope. I hope that you will be able to not only share this truth, but all seven truths. So we just received our gift, and it's as if you're standing in front of the congregation with your hand outstretched, and we will rise up. We will raise our hand up to remember, I believe the dead in Christ will be raised. All right, that's a lot to remember. Here's your final exam. Let's see how we do. Oh, I put the answers on the screen. That's all right. Thumbs up. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I believe in God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died and was buried and was raised. I believe the church is the body of Christ. I believe sins are forgiven in Christ. I believe God gives his Holy Spirit. And I believe the dead in Christ will be raised. Well, Luke, that was all very interesting. What do we do with that? Well, first and foremost, like I said before, I hope that you can use this to remind yourselves of these essential truths that we get to hold in the gospel. Not only truths that uh, we see scattered throughout scripture, but that the early church was reminded every single time someone was baptized. I kind of got off my notes a little bit, so I didn't hit on each and every one, but I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of Lord. That was our confession that they would take at the time of baptism. I believe in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we say as we baptize. I now baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son and the Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus died, was buried, and was raised. Hopefully when you baptize somebody, you don't leave them under the water. No, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. We bring them out of the water because Jesus didn't just die. He was raised, and we raised them out of the water. I believe the church is the body of Christ. When we are baptized, we are clothed, as we read. We come out of the water soaked in our new clothing, our new family, that is the body of Christ. I believe sins are forgiven in Christ. 
we get baptism, just like Jesus took a Jewish tradition of uh, the Passover feast and gave us communion, we took this Jewish tradition of the mikvah, of this ritual cleansing you had to do before you would go about your holy duties, before you would go into a holy place. And he said, we are going to be cleansed and you are going to cleanse yourself. So we are cleansing ourselves of this sin as we remind ourselves in the forgiveness of sins. I believe God gives his Holy Spirit. We usually say this at baptism for the forgiveness of your sins so you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when you come out of the water, you don't just stand in the baptistry and say, okay, I guess I'm protected. I guess I'm, I'm not going to do anything. No, you go about in your new life with hope. And the same thing for us as believers. We get to spread that hope as we go out. So Luke, what should we go what should we go out and do this? Well, here's some of my recommendations. Number one, practice these. All right, practice these seven things. Uh, in fact, I wouldn't be a former teacher if I didn't give you some homework. Before you leave this room, I want you to review your seven hand symbols uh, with two other people in this room, two separate people. One of them can't be related to you. All right, so practice this so you have it fresh on your mind, so you're ready to share it, so you're ready to give that good news to someone who needs it. Look for opportunities to share. They are all around you. How are you going to find them? And maybe they're, maybe they're not. All right, I got to be honest. Most of y'all probably have an easier job sharing the gospel than I do. Because I come up here to the church building every single week and I work with people who I'm pretty sure are already saved and then on Sunday I get to interact with y'all and uh, most of y'all have heard the gospel before. Look for those opportunities. Sometimes, you know, instead of uh, doing the, hey, bring your groceries out to the car, I, I can't believe it. I go into Walmart and I interact with those around me and I look for those opportunities. We can all look for those opportunities and when we do that, we put ourselves in a way that helps us make and grow disciples, helps us fulfill that great commission that Jesus calls us to do. So maybe you've heard this sermon. Uh, maybe you were pricked by maybe some sin that you have in your life and you'd like the, the church to pray for us, uh, pray for you this evening. Uh, maybe you haven't been baptized. Maybe you've kind of heard some of the steps. Uh, you've kind of heard some of the theology, but it was never laid out quite this way. And so you are ready to put on Christ in baptism or you'd like to study more so you can take this ne next step in your faith. Whatever it is that you have, I invite you right now to come forward as we stand and as we sing together.